Gentlemen, boys from all over the world, thank you for listening to the Gird Up Podcast. God bless you all. Hope you've had a great start to your week. This is a Tuesday, and you are listening to an interview with Pastor Paul Steinberg. We're going to get into that in just a few minutes. But before we do, I want to remind you to go follow us on social media. If you have not followed us on social media, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram as the Gird Up Podcast. And then you need to, after you follow us, if you see something you like on there, or if you listen to an episode that you really enjoy, that really resonated with you, or you learned something from it. Go on your own social media, put it on your wall, let people see that you're listening to the Gerda Podcast, that we are helping you on your journey to become a Christian man, to be a man of God. Then you should go on Facebook and you need to join the Facebook community. It's a Gird Up community. It's an opportunity for men of God to share their wisdom, their stories, their dilemmas, their questions, their concerns, their struggles with each other. If you have something you want to talk about, put it up on there. Let men speak into your life. And you also have the opportunity to share your wisdom with other men on there. Go do your thing. Be a part of the community of believers that is the Gird Up community. Um, Then... I would love it, we would love it if you could support this podcast. This podcast is free for anyone that wants to listen to it. There's never a paywall. We promise that there never will be anything you have to pay for on this podcast. We're going to give it to you for free. We're going to give it to any man all over the world that wants to listen to it for free. We're never going to charge you for it. But that comes at a price. It comes at a high cost to us. We have to pay for all the uh, upload fees, all the hosting fees, all that kind of stuff. Even the pictures and things that we use on social media, they all cost money. So does the music, all that kind of stuff. It costs money. And money doesn't go on trees. So... If you decide you want to help support us financially, you can go on Patreon. You can give as little as $5 a month. You can give as much as you'd like per month. Um, Just think about it. It's like a cup of coffee. Give us a cup of coffee every month, and it'll help support the ministry that we do, bringing the Word of God to men all over the world. The second option is if you want to, you can sponsor an episode just like this one. Right here in this space, after I'm done talking, you can put your advertisement. You can sponsor this podcast and men all over the world. Thousands and thousands of men listening to this podcast can be listening to your advertisement right before the content starts. If you want to do that, if you want to help sponsor this podcast, find me on uh, social media or send me an email. Let me know who you are, what you want to talk about, and we'll get you on here as a sponsor. God bless you all. Hope you have a wonderful week. This is Pastor Paul Steinberg talking about religions from all over the world and why Christianity is the one. Have a great week. Enjoy the show. You are listening to the Gird Up Podcast. To gird up is an ancient way of preparing oneself for hard work or a battle ahead. Our work is to reclaim masculinity in the modern world and to live out our calling as men of God. Here you will find a community of believers working hard to become the men that God created us to be. Now it's time to roll up your sleeves and let's get to work. All right, we're back with Pastor Paul Steinberg. He's at St. Marcus. He preaches on Sundays. And then, uh, correct? No, that's you not true. You don't preach no, on Sundays I don't, anymore. No, I don't. That's it. Oh. Yeah. So I'm still a member of St. Marcus. And I will, I'll be preaching this Lenten season. Okay. Uh, but uh, And I play drums for the gospel choir and timpani for the... But yeah, so I'm not on St. Marcus staff. I don't preach oh. on Sunday. I used to always preach 2 o'clock. But now I... But now, because I'm working with the... In chaplains at schools, I'm actually getting ready to plant a church on Sunday mornings. We're once, we're once a month right now, 
Uh, so I'm still here a bit, but I'm I'm rarely preaching. I'll be a Wednesday coming up, and then I'll be preaching. So we're basically like breaking and entering right now, is what you're saying? Oh no, <laughs> yeah, when, no. When I they uh, in fact when I when I got took the call, they really felt they really kind of felt like it was like um a mission launch in one sense. They, right. they you know, they weren't like mad. They said, oh, this is great because this is really what St. Marcus is doing. You're just extending it. Um, and so they, they, and they said, oh yeah, keep the keys. You're, you'll be handy. Uh, you're across the street. So they, yeah, they, awesome. I have all my key card and all that. And, and, cool. I, and they let me use this, uh, St. Marcus sound studio yeah, for and free. This is a nice little sound studio. Yeah. We didn't talk about this at all. No. This so is, where, what is this room? Yeah. The, the St. Marcus sound booth, um, that used to have time of grace be, a lot of their voiceover work would would be right out here, right next to where they had the editing studio. And St. Marcus says, if you can use it for Jesus, go ahead and use it. So I, I didn't ask them permit, permission to have Gert up here, but um, <laughs> they let me come and do my podcast in here. And uh, and so I'm sure they'd be happy with that. Another reason to... Uh, to uh, pass it on to them, you got to listen to how it was recorded in your studio. That's so. right. That's right. Awesome. So one of the other many things that you're involved in is you are teaching classes over at WLC. Yes. So uh, what are you teaching? Yeah. So I'm, uh, and it's it's really I work with so many kids all the time, uh, which is great, but it's really I get institutionalized sometimes, and I see that area. So it's been really a blessing that um, when I got. When I got my degree, um, you know, in the wells there are enough people with doctor's de- doctor's degrees. So I got my degree in that urban ministry. Then that was found out, and they said, I've "Hey, I've been misintroducing you, well, Doctor Paul." Uh, <clears throat> that's Reverend Doctor. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's, it all depends. Like when I when I'm with the faculty or whatever, and they want to, then they like to pull out put the doctor in front of it. Or so when someone calls and asks for doctor's time, it's probably one of my students from WLC. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so I'm an adjunct professor both for Martin Luther College and for Wisconsin Luther okay. College. Just started the for uh, Martin Luther College. It's for um, it's in their Masters of Theology program, and I teach about adult Christian education and curriculum on that. It's like a two year. So I only teach once every two years, but um, but it's fun to be a part of that and be helping uh, with continuing education. And then at Wisconsin Lutheran College, I teach more regularly, uh, and I teach Intro to Scripture. Uh, in person, sometimes online, most of the time for that, and servant leadership, which is in person. Uh, I've, I've not taught that online, and then world religions and religions in America. And I'm just I'm teaching world religions right now. I'm in the middle of an online course. It's like the third or fourth time uh, I've taught it, and um, and I probably had to learn a lot to catch up to to get. And the students have really taught me a lot as they've share what they know about world religions and the research that they've done. Yeah, and so in our conversation a minute ago, like before we hit record here, we were talking about just how different the the world dynamic is now than it was mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. And um, like I say, I was thinking about my time at MLC as, like as a ministry student, and I wasn't I wasn't in pastoral track, and I don't know what their what their system was like, but we didn't have like unit by unit going through all these different world religions. It was kind of like you get it as you go, um, and that made sense for the time we were in, um, but now we're in a very different era. We're in a very different time of the world, um, just with social media, with the internet, um, with all of that. Like both, like from a population study standpoint, like we don't have to be geographically located near a you know the church of our choosing. 
um, mm-hmm. to be practicing a certain religion, which um, like obviously we encourage other Christians to, to meet together. But like, when you think about a world from a world religion standpoint, like you don't even necessarily have to know somebody else who's Hindu to be Hindu, you know, or um, you, you hear about you hear on the news, you hear about like radical Muslims all the time. Um, you know, people from the United States who, you know, join up with some, you know, whether it's ISIS or whatever it is. Um, but what we don't always hear about and think about is that there are people being reached with these other religions um, very frequently, and they're using the Internet very well to spread, you know, just as we spread the gospel, they're also reaching out to more people and new people, and that forces us to interact with these world religions even more, which makes your class far more important. Yeah, and it's I mean it's and it's for the students that are there talking to them and hearing their level of interaction. Most of them are getting a, they're working in business somewhere, and so they have a lot of different levels. And almost every business seems to be international in some way. And so suddenly they're working with people that come from India, come from, uh, come from different spots. And what they don't want to do is have some stereotype of the religion. Um, and even the I mean these learners as as we call them, they come from different backgrounds. The second time I taught the class. Um, I had 12 in the class, and I asked them, you know, about their, the first thing they do, they share their spiritual background and history, and I kind of assumed, oh, most of these people are probably going to have a Christian background, probably not that active, but, you know, they're going to Wisconsin Lutheran College. Right. They they're probably, well, 11 of them were like nothing. I mean, we're like, there was one guy that actually had gone to Martin Luther College for a year, and then he had gotten sick or something, and so he was there. Uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, oh, I'm a 10, I'm into that, I'm a Christian. And everybody else was like, uh, they kind of selected from the menu of spiritual things. So they mm-hmm. might, oh, I like this about Jesus, and I I meditate like a Buddhist, and I, I'm kind of open to this, and, and, and they were all into it. That's why they didn't take the Intro to Scripture course where you have to read the Bible, because they thought this would be more their style. But they, they had interactions with all kinds of different people, and it was a real it was a real joy when you go through all the world religions and you study them, and we kind of go in, in history, and we use a, a neutral book, so a book not written by um, a Christian, and you go through it all. And even in that book, by the time you get to Christianity, which is second to the end, um, right before Islam historically, and then I get a chance to present it and show it's different. And the other ones are kind of all on a scale, and they're all kind of, but we use these diagrams to illustrate it. All the, all the world religions except for Christianity the arrow starts at the person and points at whatever God or force or whatever you're doing, and it's always our access to doing something. And maybe we we impact God, and then he comes back and is a vending machine or does something for us. There's some interaction, but Christianity is the only one where the arrow starts first from God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's unique because he's the Trinity, and that's that's the least logical God out there. That's the all the other religions where you either don't have a God or it's a force, like Taoism or whatever, or Hinduism where, yeah, we got millions. Of, you can pick some new ones. It doesn't matter how many you get. Even that makes more sense than a God who's three and one. So I, they notice that Christianity is the only one where God starts it and it's love and that it's the least logical one of all of them, you know, that God himself is the least logical that you you wouldn't come up with that in the story that God would love us and the whole God becoming man and dying, that makes the least amount of sense. And and so my goal is always to present that you know so, to them and have them go oh that there's something unique about that and seeing maybe behind the maybe the outside veneers of maybe stereotypical bad Christianity that they maybe know or heard or grew up with, and they actually can see what's the message behind it. And they almost always agree, and that's on the final exam. 
they almost always come to the conclusion, yeah, Christianity is unique and different. Even if they don't buy into it yet, they see it's either be everything else or really be a Christian. So uh, you talk about the idea that the arrow comes directly from God, you know, from God to us, um, and we could go off on a tangent and talk <laughs> about decision theology and mm-hmm. and all that, um, and maybe we will. We'll see. <laughs> um, but I, I want to push into that a little bit. And and wh- what do other what do a lot of and you can get into specifics too if you want to. Mm-hmm. What are we looking at in other religions then? Yeah. So so I and I, I kind of going in in order a little bit, but the primal religions are the religions that are kind of has see God in all the parts of nature and everything and and it's you you know you got to go and you play the game and and you you make a little sacrifice or you make a statue and you bow down or do something and you take the action and then maybe you get something back from God you get some fertility you get something I mean um, if you're a Bible person you know uh, Baal and those you know you do that now you get the get the rain you get the fertility your 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 cattle and your wife all get pregnant this is a great if you do this sort of thing you know um, and, but it always starts with you. If it's, if it's Hinduism, you know, there's all these gods out there. You got to pick your right God that you want this and you kind of work the system and they got these rules. You got to do this. And if you, you do it right and, and both, you know, in Hinduism and you get into, um, it, it, Buddhism can be without God and it can be with whatever God you want to pick, but it has this idea of reincarnation. So yeah, if you, if you fulfill your, your job, you, you know, you figure out your Dharma and you do it. Um, and then the karma comes back and gives you a good, but you always start, it always starts with you. Uh, and it comes back in Islam. God is a boss. He's not a father. That's what's unique about Christianity. The only spot where God is, has a relationship with you actually being DNA related to you. I mean, that that's Islam. Uh, uh, you know, a lot of, uh, <laughs> just blew my mind. Yeah. I never thought about that that way before. Well, you know, <laughs> I've got, God and I share DNA. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. I mean, Whoa. I mean, God not just not only invented it, but yeah, on your ancestry dot com. Um, I mean, my name is Steinberg, so maybe I I get I, I go through I, I I go through Shem, you know, whatever. I'm a, maybe a little more connected to the actual bloodline, but we're all DNA related in here, and yeah. And so, really, if you could get a full ancestry dot com report, and they could diagram the whole thing, Jesus would be on your. He'd be in there. You know? I've never nerded out on this before, but like you literally <laughs> got the blood of Abraham running through your veins. Yeah, that's, that's incredible. Yeah, so. it's so cool. I never realized how cool it is that you're Jewish. <laughs> so, I, so one of the teachers here, Mister Mister Ryan Finkbonner, uh, had a kid ask me, "Oh, I wish I could meet a real Israelite," and he brought <laughs> and he brought, you he brought him into my office. Yeah, that's <laughs> awesome. So, uh, yeah, it's it's some it's Jewish blood, like maybe four generations back, some. The, the story is some Jewish guy met a beautiful German lady and they got married and then uh, that's where the Jewish bloodline comes comes on in. But then they kept it quiet and they were, you know, Christians and they then they moved to Hortonville, Wisconsin, where nobody figured out it was a Jewish name. But then you move into a city like Milwaukee and right away everyone assumes you're Jewish, <laughs> you know, whatever. And uh, that's where if you want to find me, if you if you Google Pastor Steinberg, there's only two of them. Uh, and I'm the younger one. If you Google uh, Rabbi Steinberg, there's thousands of them. <laughs> and Paul Steinberg, if you Google that, you'll get all these Holocaust authors and stuff like that. Uh, but uh, yeah, it, it, this is just one side story. But it, my it's my favorite Jewish story where I'm in Milwaukee I'm at at Walgreens getting a prescription where they're not supposed to, you know you're supposed to have privacy. Said my name and I'm leaving out, and this this guy comes up to me and he goes, "Hey, hey!" Like, like oh, I think he's gonna ask me for money or something. He goes. I love you, people. I'm like, what? I'm like, what? What are you talking? What are you talking about? You people, you Jewish people. And I'm like, 
thanks. Am I, you know, am I supposed to say something back? Like, and I, I love shalom. <laughs> like, like I, I love you people too. You know, I, I didn't think you were supposed to say that. That's like, you know, politically. My people don't love your people. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, ah, you are a, you are a Gentile, sir. <laughs> yeah. So that was, I mean, it gives a little in because, um, you know, like African American community. I mean, oh, you know, yeah, okay. per- persecution and people yeah. that have been oppressed for years. That's true. Gives you. Oh, well, I mean, the Black Holocaust <laughs> Museum is two blocks away. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. And so it's, I mean, it's been useful from that point. But it's like, I really, I'm not like culturally Jewish or have any. I just got, I just got the name and like to say I can share my. My uh my Jesus with you and in my family so I got my kids from Haiti so they got they got ham probably and then my wife is uh, as blonde and blue eyes as you can get so she's from Japheth so I got Shem Ham and Japheth all in the family all so right. um, we're all on the on the ark how did I get to that um, um I don't remember I was talking about some some <laughs> oh how how oh there was, I was talking about uh, Jesus and how the difference is yeah Islam you you got God yes, as your boss there, you go. there we yeah. go. And where, yeah, if you do the right things, you you, you follow your pillars, you do it, and like a, a boss, he's going to give you a little leniency. He's a, he's a nice boss in Islam. Um, I listened to the whole Quran. I mean, there was a bonus um, to be in this, and I get to do that. So I'm on the on the elliptical when I'm not listening to gird up. Um, <laughs> I'm listening to the Quran. I like your content is better. Um, but I had to listen to the whole thing, and it's. It's a lot shorter than the Bible. I'll tell you that much. But <laughs> I'm glad our cut that's better than the Quran. Oh yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, um, but I mean, I just, I mean, every Christian after they they read and listen to the whole Bible, I mean, don't don't be afraid and go because it'll take down some of the stereotypes and you go, oh, this God portrays himself as being a God of a God of mercy, and and he is. He's a nice boss, and that if you do pretty well, you get you know you get. You know, four out of five stars, that's good and you're rewarded, but it still all starts with you. Um, and it and if you do the right thing, God will reward you and he gives you a list. It's a much, much easier, you know, easier religion. If I was into work righteousness and I thought that was the way, I'd switch. I'd be like, Oh man, this the God of the Bible wants perfection. I mean, the triune God to expect if I gotta be perfect, but if I just have to be good, I can be a good employee, but See, it's still it's still an employee, it's not a father, it's not adoption, it's not it's not the family relationship. Well, and, and I, I, I think I see a lot of connections. Like, there's a lot of parallels between, like, pure, you know, doctrinal um, Islam and pure, like, doctrinal Roman Catholicism. I feel like there's a lot of parallels there. Everything from relics to, you know, the idea of a, of a demanding, loving but demanding boss, um, and, and having to earn your earn the right to heaven, having a uh, canon you must live by. I feel mm-hmm. like there's a there's a parallel there. Well, and I I think because our nature you know wants wants to obey laws, we want to earn it. I mean, we want big fancy word opinio legis. So I think every um, every religion is that way, and even in Christianity, that's where we're going to slide off. We're going to slide off into well, that it's same the thing. first perversion that that yeah. you'll ever experience, and yeah. so that it slides right into where where Islam. It could past tense to slide slud slud into or whatever. <laughs> I, mean, and, I mean, and the the parallels with um, the primary in the in the World Religions book by it's by Hoff. He makes a big he sh- like those primal religions where it's superstitious. That shows up in every religion ever you know ever since. And in his mind, it's like those were the first ones, and he sees it as you know like Christianity didn't exist. But yeah, that where Christians still do superstitious things, and you have relics and all that. Just like the primal religions, it shows up in Islam as well. I mean, Islam, their their big church in in Mecca, they had this big huge stone. I didn't have this big huge stone, this meteorite that fell, and that was worshipped in a part of uh, temple worship before 
Muhammad was ever around, and that's that's their spot, the Kabul or whatever. That I mean, it's based upon some superstitious thing that they saw as being spiritual before, that would have fit just like same as primal religions that you just you do and oh, this is a sign from the heavens, and we do something, and we we rub this stone, and we get we get blessed. It still comes that way. So yeah, there's all those similarities. Well, and you even look at like the Crusades. There was some really crazy like, and granted, Islam also traces back through Abraham. So mm-hmm. like, there is some there is it, some shared ground there, but like you think about the Crusades and the way some of those, the buildings and the relics like bounce back and forth between Christianity and Islam, and now Christianity, Islam, and and Judaism, and they're like they're all and and everybody wants to like plant their stake in it and say this is ours, like we claim this as part of our and and arguing about you know what I mean? It mm-hmm. is just, it, you're. It's kind of like a physical manifestation of exactly what you're talking about is even just the Holy Land, you know, like three very different ideas of what the Holy Land is and why it's important. Um, and everybody wants to stake a claim in it and say, this is what, you know, this is mine. And I think if from a purely scriptural and biblical perspective, which I would hope, I think we have, I, would, I, we're pray, for. <laughs> we're, we're, I pray we're about as close as we can be, right? Is it really, I mean, it really doesn't play a role in my spiritual life. You know, like as cool as it is to go visit the mm-hmm. sites uh, and, and people always come back very happy about it. Like we're not required to make a, 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 oh, a hajj. Oh, we're, uh, not, it's not jihad, is it? Uh, no, the, yeah, no the, a, a uh, pilgrimage. Pilgrimage, uh, right. But that's, yeah, that's, uh, now, yeah, now I can't think of is well, it. Is it hajj or something like that? Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, yeah, they have their things. That, yeah, we aren't required to go do that. Right. Or, or a Catholic visiting Rome. Like that has way more of a meaning than it really ought to because we're attached to those superstitions and, and kind of this mm-hmm. weird spirituality that isn't actually connected to Jesus. Yeah, instead of God's kingdom being on the inside. I mean, and I think for the you know the latest generation, I think um, with, I, I guess, all world religions kind of being exposed, I mean, everybody can see it and you can get it for real on the internet. You can hear people, you know, first person sharing what they believe. It's, you don't have to read it in a book. I mean, that's what they do in all this research. They find people talking. You can hear them in their own words. And I think a smart 18-year-old can see through all that and go, yeah, that's just this, and it's just somebody else's. That's another way to do it, and I can. And either they're going to come up with, um, I, I'll just join the menu club, and I'm just going to pick that part of that and that part of that and that part of that, and they can even be contradictory, and I don't care. Uh, I can let it. I can let all that stuff live in my life, or they're going to be fed up with it and just oh, nothing, and just go kind of agnostic atheist, or. They might actually hear the gospel and, and hey, that's different. That's different. Then you can they can they can see the difference. It's it's just laid out, I think, in a better way than uh, maybe it would be if you just grew up in a small little town. You yeah. wouldn't, uh, wouldn't understand with your contrasting too. And and I think even for Christians that are maybe sliding away, they can say, hey, I'm just you know I'm I'm what's unique about Christianity? All those other things are like everybody else, but what's unique? Yeah, this this the message. Of God coming to this world and paying for the sins of the world, and 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 that's that's different. That God loved me first. That it's grace. Grace is different. There just isn't grace anywhere else. And yeah, that that doesn't prove it's true. But um, it's a, if, if you look at it, so well, e- either all these are true and Christianity is wrong, or Christianity is true and the rest are wrong. But uh, uh, maybe none of them are right. You can maybe you know choose that, but it. I think it's a good environment for sharing the faith because you can really show this is different. You know, Jesus is different in the fact you don't have you don't have to go somewhere. Um, uh, you don't you don't have to be inside a church building. You know that you right. can you can be authentic. You don't have to have 
a certain level of show. Nothing wrong with great right and great doing it, but that's not the core of Christianity is going to a church building and going through some right. That's right. not, and and that I think I think the youngest generation appreciates that, the reality of it, you know, and not having to go through hoops, you know. I think that's I think that's key. And uh, again, with my the learners at WLC, no matter whether they come from a Christian background or not, I hope they appreciate that uniqueness of Christianity, and it's always a hope that they would. Then be curious enough to really check it out. Maybe some again some of the bad stereotypes of Christianity. They only knew, uh, I think, in the class right now. I think I have four that grew up Roman Catholic, and they've all kind of strayed from the church. But they kind of feel like they're Catholic because they feel Catholic is just kind of showing up in church every once in a while yeah. and and being a decent person, you know, and, and loving their wife or whatever, and that's good enough, you know. And they you know they go Christmas and Easter or they got their kids baptized there, but that's and that's good. And I think the church. Almost says, yeah, that's good enough. You know, we'd love to have you, but that's good. You're still connected. Um, I think in this class they get to see, oh, you know, what what's what really is Christianity? And they see the kind of sad history of the Roman Catholic Church and Christianity. And of course, I get to really share the biblical, you know, the real message of it and highlight. And so all that other stuff is just a bunch of garbage on the top of it. You can get rid of, or you can, you know, that's nice. And those style differences. Um, but here's the real core message, and I think they get they get curious about it. Um, and then I love the fact that they have to for every year they're in the the this course, which is usually about two years, they have to take a, a religion class. I think it's really great that the college they didn't get rid of that requirement for their adult graduate studies or their degree completion people, um, and so they have to take another course. And usually they like me, and then I encourage them to take the intro to scripture course where they got to read the whole Bible. And that, oh, and you know, and they, oh, okay, it's curious. And that it's, you just let them read it and the Holy Spirit just scratches them and itches them and, yeah. and it does some really cool things. I mean, and I've had people jump into some different churches, but just cause they've never, they didn't really know what Christianity was. They thought they knew, yeah, you know, and then they actually read the Bible and, you know, Hey, Pastor Steinberg, or they call me doctor, Dr. Steinberg. You, I think this is all true. Yeah, it's it's all it's all true. You know, they they enter it not thinking, and yeah. then and then they get convinced. And so that's always the goal. I think world religions is a great way to kind of get get into that. And I think and that is something that you know, um, as a dad talking with my kids, I got to get them ready for how do you deal with all all the vast yeah. right. I mean, my dad never thought about doing that for me. He assumed I'd kind of would grow up with Christians all around me. Yeah, he trained me how to kind of get used to Catholics or maybe Baptists. Right, but. Yeah, to be ready for everything <laughs> out there because they're they're def- active Christians definitely the minority for the youngest generation, Absolutely. no doubt. Absolutely. So I want to circle back a little bit. You yeah. made a statement earlier, a bold statement, a true statement. I agree with you, but I want to lean into it. Um, you said if Christianity is true, then all these others, if you know, pure and simple, basic biblical Christianity, if that's true, mm-hmm. then all these others must be wrong. And if any of these others are right. Then Christianity must be wrong. Mm-hmm. You want to explain that a little bit? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's uh, that is something that I I think is hard for the youngest generation. They want everyone to be uh, to be right and there's and and have be able to pick and choose truths. And I think that that's still probably the hardest thing. They don't when we're going that. Yeah, this means that's wrong. If God is actually triune, that means He's not just one like Islam and He's not Hinduism with all these spots. And, and they want it. To, well, that could be. You can have. You know the Hindu gods, and you can have they kind of have a Hindu view. I would say where pick your god, and you can have your gods, and I can have my gods. And I mean Hinduism, 
they are they are not threatened. They do not evangelize because they whatever you got is good. Oh yeah, we you probably just call one of you know your God is fits into my group by a different name or whatever. And they uh, um, and I think that's a modern American view. In fact, I think that was an article that someone reported on. Uh, but yeah, and it really you can't you really can't have both be true. Um, and I think that's a big thing that hits my learners. Like yeah, you. I mean that as I stand in front of them, I'm a confessional Lutheran guy who believes that they all know that, and they they usually enter the class a little afraid that I'm going to be judgmental and hammer on them. And I say, this this class is a chance for you to talk propositionally, open, and you're not going to get a bad grade just because you disagree with me. That's that's the the method of the class, and that's a healthy way to do it. But um, you know, and I but I say, yeah, I I really believe this is true, and when I really say that people who don't believe in Jesus go to hell. I mean, that's that's a core part of what Christianity is. Otherwise, you're not really being saved. You know, um, they're like, oh, yeah. So I actually am saying that 11 of you in the class right now, from what you've told me, I believe that you're going to hell. I mean, that, that's, a, that's a weird thing to say in front of class. But I, then I point out, but you're saying, because you, you believe this is pick and take, that you think I, I've really overstretch and I'm really, you know, and I've bound my life on this truth that you think I'm a nice guy and I raise my kids nice and you think I'm I'm fine how I live, but the things that I core believe are just plain wrong, you know, that God really exists or that he expects this or whatever, that you're saying I'm wrong too. And that was tough for them to admit. They wanted to, they wanted to affirm me. Like, oh no, you're good. You're good. You can believe that. But you're saying I'm 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 believing something false. Right, and I, and so I'm saying the same thing. But that idea that you're going to get punished eternally for it—that is that is a tough one. That is yeah. not that is not out there. And but all, all the other world religions tend to have something like that. They don't all have eternity or even deal with it. I guess, um, like Taoism doesn't really deal with it so much. Or they have some hint of reincarnation in there. We're like, okay, just <clears throat> go on and, but not like people are actually, you know, in hell. That's a big deal. Islam, oh yeah. Oh, Islam has people going to hell. <laughs> Islam you know? uses hell as a weapon. Yeah, it's it's Islam weaponizes. Yeah, hell. they they got. I mean, Islam. That's where their their uh, their picture of the uh, judgment day. I mean, that you can tell that uh, Muhammad didn't have to make that. He was very familiar with Christian uh, views of the end of the world because it it matches so close. It's just <laughs> there's just no grace. So it's all just scary. You know, it's all just scary. Um, but the picture is so very close in God's righteous judgment. You know, you know the if you're if you have good on your record, you get to go to heaven. That's true, but you get good on your record because God gives it to you by by giving up His Son, and that's that's the difference. But man, those passages in the Quran that sound like judgment, they they're they sound a lot like what's in the Bible, except there's no there's no hope connected to it anywhere. Yeah, and so uh, when we talk about hell and, and we talk about you know the eternal punishment of hell, I, I um, what it makes me think of this is a little off topic, but it's interesting. Mm-hmm. I want to hear your thoughts on it. Um, and I've never said this out loud before. Disclaimer, but it, so it makes me think about when you, when you hear, uh, especially uh, stories from the Vietnam War, Vietnam era, or uh, when you read stories like Unbroken um, with the. Louis Zamperini, who's in an internment camp in Japan, who's just mm-hmm. being tortured, and, and when these these men talk, well, and even think about modern day prisons with um, uh, solid, oh boy, 
solitary confinement. There we go. Oh, solitary, solitary confinement. confinement. Um, and so you, you think about these. I watched Cool Hand Luke, you know, a, a couple of weeks ago on, on Netflix, and they have the box, you know, they put them in. Um, that solitary confinement. Mm-hmm. Really old school movie. So I'm nerding out now, but <laughs> really old school movie, uh, The Great Escape, where they oh, have yeah. the cooler that they talk about, you know, and mm-hmm. they solitary confinement for 20 days. And, and so um, when they talk about um, – like they went through all these different tortures and all these terrible things, and, and they did just fine. Like even mentally, like not just fine. That's probably a bad way to say, mm-hmm. but they survived. They made it. The ones that you know lost their minds, the ones that did, that struggled the most, were the ones who were in solitary confinement. And the way I tie that into hell, and the way I think mm-hmm. about that in hell is, hell is actually like a almost a passive move on on God's part. If you if you catch my drift, mm-hmm. where it's God literally like turning his back and saying. There is no, there's no love. There's no warmth. There's no joy. There's no peace. There's no goodness and kindness. Like that is all gone. So you think about all the, like all the wonderful things that the Father gives us. If you take every single last one of those away, like that's utter, complete, pitch darkness. Um, there's no warmth. There's no joy. There's no nothing. Right. And so you imagine that kind of just solitude. And, and coldness and you know like there is no it's absolute zero mm-hmm. you know and uh, I think a lot of times especially when once since we have hell kind of shaped by Dante's Inferno you know where there's flames <laughs> and all this and all that you know like we almost imagine like somebody whipping you for eternity or whatever it's actually even so much so much worse and it gives me so much more peace on the other end of um like we're like that it defines heaven a little bit better saying this ultimate love, ultimate mm-hmm. joy, ultimate peace, ultimate warmth, ultimate love, you know, um, and uh, juxtaposing those opposites against each other. Because I think um, when we step back from when we step back from what the Bible says and kind of get into what the world is talking about, heaven seems pretty good and hell seems I mean, it probably sucks, right? I mean, that's kind of mm-hmm. what the world looks at it it's, at this it's point. Like, like going to prison, but prison isn't isn't that bad. I mean, but not I, compared to hell for but sure. I, I love Charlie. What I mean, I don't know if I thought about. It, I always thought about having okay. It's a lack of a lack of stuff. You don't have anything, but you just made that contrast where that solitary. You're alone. You got nothing. And then having you, you know, if that's love, but you also got it's community. I mean, it's yeah. it's. I mean, it's that is that family. I mean, that's where the closest thing we experience here to heaven is when we're with God's people. And the the, the lowest you can be is when you're all alone. And that was Jesus, where he he lost all his physical community. Right. I mean, all his disciples ran away from him, and everybody forsook him. And his heavenly Father took everything away from him as well. I mean that, and that contrast just see the the beauty of heaven and being in community. Um, yeah, that, and there, and there just is no, I mean, in all the, to bring it back to where religions, the picture of heaven is never as good in those other religions. I mean, it's, re, you know, reincarnation where you, and you know, where you go and you, you step up a little bit and then, and then you finally kind of disappear and, and you join the big God, you know, you kind of, that, that's, you know, that, that's like, that's like dying except supposedly a good exit. That's not the it's same as a cop out. Like yeah. you read out of, like, just read out of ideas, like just go to. Go up in the sky. Yeah, hit hit that you know hit that nirvana or whatever. I mean that's I mean Islam has a very definite picture of heaven, but it's definitely like like earth ramped up. I mean where you get these extra wives or you get this, but it's it's not. Now we get in this perfect community all together with with a God and just the the pictures are 
are brilliant and wonderful. And, and that's where I get, I mean, it's the, the lows are the lowest and the highs are the highest. And because those are so far apart, that's what makes grace so amazing. You know, if you don't, if you don't appreciate, if you don't understand hell, what's the big deal? You know, he's saving me from what? You know, it's not, okay, from just a, a poor time or just from being annihilated. You don't, you really, you just don't see it that way. And I think that, that shows itself too in the difference of, that extreme great and that you know that's that's long gospel where there there is no gospel like christianity and there's no law and condemnation like christianity uh that is definitely everything else is just muddled in the in the middle a little bit more so um but i tell everybody with world religions the best way to to get into it you can google and find you know firsthand people you can read books about it but to listen to people talk and then when you get a chance to you meet somebody who's different Ask them. People do like, you know, say, hey, what do you believe about this? And the best thing about that is when you really listen to them and you hear them, they'll probably ask you, yeah. you know, and th- and there's your chance to to not condemn or say they're stupid. But right now our environment is, yeah, I, I, I'm not ready to condemn you. Just say what you're thinking. And you can share that, how you're different. You have something that, that's worth sharing and contrasting, not just because it's true, but it really stands out that you have this solid foundation and I think that's that's what's I think good about being uh, in in 2019. You can you can take that missionary spot if you listen first. Hey, tell me more about those are those magic words, right? Talking with kids or whatever, talking with your son. Hard to get young men to talk, but you find something they're interested in themselves. Everyone's interested in themselves. Tell me more about this, and they say a couple words. Well, tell me more about that. Tell me more about that, and people will blab, and then they will eventually ask you. Ask you what you think. Yeah, absolutely. So here's another one. Um, like, wh- I don't think I've ever in my entire life actually, like, personally. That's not true. I was at a giant. I was at the 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 largest Thai temple in North America once. So I probably did say. I just don't remember it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in it's in Burbank, uh, California, and underneath they have a open air market where the, all the old ladies that uh, you know I don't know if they attend the Thai chapel or whatever you call that when you're. Uh, Buddhist, Hindu, I don't even know. Okay. Anyway, they so they underneath they have this giant open air market. It's probably the best food, like hands down, I've ever eaten <laughs> in my entire life. Anyway, um, I don't think I've ever witnessed personally, at least in my experience, like people actually bowing down and worshiping an idol. And I don't think that's uncommon in our modern day experience, especially amongst Christians that we've never even seen. It. Is that something mm-hmm. that's really happening? Uh, are people bowing down to idols? You know, I like, yeah. I mean, we talk about, you know, money being an idol, and that's valid. That's true. Like, money being an idol, fame being an idol, and, you know, popularity being an idol. But to actually, like, a physical stone idol or golden idol, is that, is that happening around us on a daily basis? And we're just not seeing it. Yeah. I, I don't think it happens very much because even in, not in America, because America, you have people and they get to be Buddhist. Well, but they they take an atheistic Buddhism. Or whatever, okay. yeah, 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 and even so, people from India that are Hindu, or people that even you can go to the Hindu temple. I had a a guy from the class that went there, and you got to see them, and you know they're doing that, and they do have a lot of little statues, and they do some of that, but you got to go in the temple to do it, um, and maybe or at least maybe in their home. I don't know if they have statues that they have at home, but they all kind of choose their own god, depending what village they're from and what area they're from. So I think I think Hindu people still do that. But like Islam isn't going to do that, right? You no. know that, and uh, I mean, you see, Christians they they all have different things that they bow down and do stuff to, or have, and and, and over overdo that. You said but Christians with with air quote quotes yeah. there, yeah. I mean, 
And again, it can just be a right of respect. So you can't judge everybody's heart, but you'll see statues there. But um, I mean, the other, I mean, anyone who is, if you follow Native American religion, you don't, you don't really have a statue. You, you do different stuff. Um, but yeah, I don't know who we'd bump into that actually still does idol worship because that would fit under the primal religions, which right now in the world right, yeah. are only left in very isolated spots. So okay. there's that's yeah. still around. Okay. You know, Native American is probably the the closest, and there's there's a lot of people that practice Native American religion really as more of a historical cultural thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I know when I when I did work in some of the the jails, um, Native American they they get in there, and the and the inmates uh, they like it because you, you you often you smoke marijuana or you get in a big sweat thing or whatever sweat lodge, but. The, all the other people that worked with, yeah, they're just doing it for something to do. You know, they're yeah. not they're not really believing in Native American religion. So, but those primal religions were really the last ones that would worship the idols, and they because they believed, you know, God was in the wood, and they'd make this and do that. So, I don't think there's a lot of that around, except maybe Hinduism, um, that right. you might find in America. So, um, yeah, I think that that's de- definitely a switch from in. Uh, in the Old Testament days, where that was the common thing, everyone had their statue. Got to have your statue. Yeah. So absolutely. All right. Cool. Any last comments you want to make well, on the way well, out the door? I, I just want to. Th- I want to thank you, Charlie, for having me be on Gird Up. I, you know, I didn't know about that podcast till just. I was at three weeks ago. I met yeah. you in the yeah in the, the throwback a chance encounter. Yeah. There. You know, and I've just I've just enjoyed it. Focusing on that from a from a biblical. You know, a standpoint to, to talk about that as someone who's still working on to help my kids kind of launch into manhood. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, and uh, and can I do it like a, a plug? Yeah, for my, absolutely. Because I mean, because uh, I've enjoyed pl- podcasts. I love how Jesus do it. And I should let everyone know. See, I do a podcast. Uh, maybe that's why I talk so much because I'm used to doing this. Um, <laughs> you did at, great. But I do something a little different. I do, uh, because of the schools I serve in, um, I had parents who wanted something they could listen to on the way to dropping their kids off to school. So they didn't want anything long. So I do a podcast Monday through Friday, and it's called Christ for Disciplers. So if you want to go to iTunes or go all, wherever you get gird up, you can also get Christ for Disciplers. And, yeah, disciplers really isn't a real word. On some, it, it gets a squiggle underneath, uh, but it means it, it's designed for parents or teachers or mentors, uh, and it, it takes a Bible story and applies it to how— how does it apply to you as someone raising the next generation and how you can bring it to them? So it kind of comes at that angle all the time. Uh, so if you if you like podcasts or like this one, check them out. And it kind of works with our schedule. You could listen to both of them. So, um, in fact, this I just recorded in this very room next week, and I think I gave Gird up a couple plugs because of different awesome. things I heard. Cool. Uh, so hopefully we can have a little uh, cross-pollination. Awesome. Yeah, go check it out. Christ for Disciplers. Uh, you can go to ChristForDisciplers.com as well to see the the website and all that, and let me know what you think. Well, and to, to add a little extra plug here, like I don't, I, I've made a point not to pay lip service to just stuff <laughs> on this podcast. And so when I recommend something, like I, it's honest, and I honest, I also don't waste time on things I don't think are valuable. Mm-hmm. So, um, like when I'm driving to or from school, if I'm picking out a podcast to listen to or picking out devotions to listen to, it's because I find value in them, and I've been. I've been two a day in your podcast. Okay, excellent. So it's almost exactly twenty minutes for me to get to school, and so it's almost exactly two podcasts every morning. Yeah, in fact, I've started 
down like I hit play before I lock the door to my house so that I have that extra like three minutes to get to the truck so that it, it runs out pretty much as I pull into school. And if there's not enough traffic, I get frustrated because I want to hear what you say at oh. the end. <laughs> what? Yeah, it's it's good. So I really do value it. Like I, it's personally blessing me big time. Oh, that's so, great, Charlie. And we like if we could steal a couple more of your minutes. I, so what I do every morning, mm-hmm. and I've talked about this before, but I want to keep talking about it is uh, what I personally read a proverb every day so there's 31 days in the longest month this month is a little shorter because yeah. this will go out in march but was recorded in february so um the uh obviously february is a little shorter but i read um you know if it's the first day of january i read proverbs chapter one mm-hmm. and then the second day i read proverbs chapter two all the way through um and it is a good accountability check too because if you like open up your bible and it's marked on day 18 and it's like <laughs> day 22 you're like oh it's been a couple of days i gotta get back on the horse but i read a pro- the proverb of the day um and then i read uh, a psalm or a couple of psalms and then i'll read whatever wherever i am in scripture right now so mm-hmm. i'm going through the epistles right now just finished first and second corinthians which is just like you know is ah, highs and lows like crazy. Right now I'm in Galatians. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to probably finish Galatians tomorrow. Anyway, so I do that, and then I eat breakfast, and then I jump on your podcast and listen to a couple episodes. I started at the beginning, and I'm listening to them chronologically. Oh, you li- oh wow. I so hope, maybe I, I, now that you said you gave me some plugs, I can listen to the new ones next week. But I, I hope I hope I get better as it goes along or whatever. Oh, man, I hope I'm getting better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, cool. But, I mean, I really I do appreciate it. Thank you. It's making a big impact on my own ministry because it gives me a little extra shot in arm on the way and it's not like your normal you know i do like the meditations like that Mm -hmm. the wells puts out yep those are good but this is this is a little but those are still very devotionally yours is more of a podcast style devotion which i appreciate a lot yeah i I I like it's a lot easier to listen to i think yeah i mean i listen i listen to a lot of sermons there's a lot of sermons out there or straight devotions or whatever and that's where i mean this it came up because people requested it that wanted it and then i tried to find something like that well because can i recommend something couldn't find it, and it actually fits in well with people. You know, if they have people record stuff on a Sunday or once a week, okay, that works well. But to have something, and people found it accountability again. They said, you know, I listen to podcasts, but I always I listen I listen to them out, and then I'm done. And if you give it to me fresh every and it's just Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, then I feel that accountability to do it because I'm because I'm, I'm I'm in a routine Monday through Friday. And then they can listen to it with their church podcast or other podcast or gird up, mm-hmm. and so and so far it's been it's been great and it's the same materials I work with with the teachers and students, so it it, it I'm already doing it and and so it's a blessing to me to just do it to have to uh, write it out enunciate it out get it out and then I'm ready to share it for the next week because I do it the week in advance when the when the schools I'm in are on that same story I'm working on yeah. so yeah awesome cool so if you're driving right now keep your Gosh darn hands on the wheel. But if you're not, pull out that phone. I cannot recommend highly enough. Go find Christ for Disciples. Type it in. Um, hit subscribe. You'll get those updates. Uh, you can listen to Pastor Steinberg on the daily. It'll be good. Yeah, you get. I, I got a hundred. I got 155 episodes. Yep. So that's like 1,550 minutes. So if you can catch up, cool. that'd be great. Well, what's your tagline there too? Oh, Is, so 600 seconds. So so you. Thanks for taking 600 seconds so Christ doesn't take second in your life or the life of your kids. I love it. I there love we it. go. 
Awesome. So go find Pastor Steinberg on Christ for Disciples. If you want to uh, meet up with Pastor Steinberg, that came out wrong. You know what I mean? If you want to reach Pastor Steinberg, you can find him on Facebook. Pretty active on Facebook. Mm-hmm. You find that crazy vest and crazy shoes on on uh, Facebook there. You can't see the shoes. Yeah. But that big, bright red vest, you'll find him pretty easily. That's pretty. That's red is the, it's all a the, great. It's a great what? profile. Man, we got to end this podcast already. Okay. <laughs> it's a great profile picture because it's super easy to see. So. Awesome. I appreciate your time, man. I, I enjoy getting together with you. We'll have to do this, this again, brother. Absolutely. We'll okay. talk we'll talk about uh, being a father the next time. Okay, sounds great. Good. I'm one of those. Awesome. Look forward to it. Yep. God's blessings, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Gird Up Podcast. If you like what you're hearing on our podcast, make sure you're sharing it with friends and family, men in your life who you think need to hear our message. You can find us on social media, on Facebook under the Gird Up Podcast, and there's a Gird Up community as well there where you can interact with other men on the journey toward Christian manhood. You can find us on Instagram as girdup underscore like underscore a underscore man. If you'd like to help us bring our message to more men just like you all around the world, you can hit up our Patreon account. Type in www.patreon.com forward slash girdup. And finally, please leave a five-star rating or review on whatever platform you use to listen to our podcast, whether it's iTunes or Spotify. What that does is it helps us get more attention in the podcast world and bring more men to our message. Thank you again for listening to our podcast. Thank you for all the ways you support us and help spread the word. Until next time, go gird up and be the man that God created you to be.